Reporting for WCYB Digital Radio, I'm Hillary McClure with the Cyber Warfare Report. Joining us is former White House CIO Teresa Payton. The release of ChatGPT has brought prompt engineering into common parlance, as reported on by Security Week. Prompt engineering is the manipulation of prompts designed to force the system to respond in a specific manner desired by the user. Because of this potential for misuse, some are referring to ChatGPT as a potential, quote, nuclear weapon for cyber war. Teresa, can you tell us more about this story and what types of attacks researchers tested, as well as the impact that AI will have on cyber warfare from what we know right now? People should take this seriously. And I'm seeing on social media where technology and cybersecurity professionals who I'm sure they mean well, but they're kind of poking fun at ChatGBT and some of the other AI chatbots out there saying like, I told it to do my work for me. And now, you know, I'm on a island on vacation permanently. And they're kind of tongue in cheek talking about it. But we really are at a critical juncture here. Microsoft made a huge investment in ChatGPT. And when Microsoft invests in things, they want their return on investment. It's like an arms race now. And Google announced, well, we're going to be doing things too. So we need to be very careful because we have not worked out the moral code of ethics around contextually aware, self-learning chatbots. And so, you know, people could say garbage in, garbage out. But now it is open to the public and it is being trained by everyone. We don't really have full transparency into the data lake that chat GPT is amassing and that it's trained on. But to your point, when you specifically create these prompts through prompt engineering, you could be training chat GPT to be developing things that in the wrong person's hands could be very detrimental. And in our case, what we're talking about here is potentially doing very sophisticated social engineering emails. So it does all the work for you for free, amassing treasure troves of company data, and then just having it available in chat GPT. There are enormous consequences here, both for us as users using it, as well as for the creators. So you could be creating anything from misinformation campaigns, social engineering, asking it to write you a Python script to identify vulnerabilities. Now, is it perfect at everything you ask it to do the first time? No. But if you, through these prompt engineering exercises, continue to do the prompt engineering, that learning is now resident for somebody else to tap into. And I think that's the part people don't realize, or maybe they do, and that's what's going on here. So this is a very critical time. We definitely did not get it right on social media. We did a horrible job thinking through social media and how that would work and how that would play out in people's lives. And you know, there's sort of this focus on it's all going to be puppies and rainbows. And we learned the hard way that it wasn't all puppies and rainbows, right? There's a dark side to social media. We need to take a pause now. You know, we should have done it years ago, but since we didn't, we need to take a pause now and really have a very focused and productive conversation. You mentioned social engineering and a couple others, but Teresa, what types of attacks could cyber criminals and nation states utilize prompt engineering for in addition to what you already shared? Well, one of the things I saw in here in this Security Week article was security researchers first 
they asked ChatGPT again through engineering prompts to create a business email compromise uh, fraud email. And, you know, so they worked on that. They didn't really talk about the results of that, but then they actually turned to harassing. So damaging a reputation. So they basically had an article about a CEO. It was a fictitious company. And they then asked ChatGPT to write social media posts designed to attack and harass the CEO. And ChatGPT did it and actually came up with hashtags that would potentially go viral. So we are at a really difficult time here. And now that's part of the body of knowledge. Now, to the researcher's credit, it was a fictitious company. But somebody building something like that, just trying to play around with the tool or do something like that, the tool is learning. And so something that should be used for good, you can see how it's used for bad. Do you think calling chat GPT a potential nuclear weapon for cyber war is an exaggeration and why or why not? At this point in time, if you want to be like very specific at an engineering level, it's not ready to launch a cyber war today, but you have to call it like it is because it could very quickly turn into that. So I'm not a fan of labeling things using histrionics. However, sometimes you have to get everybody's attention to have a productive conversation. So this is where we have to have this conversation and talk to the creators of ChatGPT, but other AI chatbots like it to say, there should be a global standard of morals and ethics. And that should be built into this contextually self-aware learning chatbot. And these rules of the road and these boundaries should not be crossed. You can engineer that into your machine learning, your data lakes, into your artificial intelligence. But it's clear based on this that that is not included here. It's up to us as the community to stand up and say, okay, this was cute to a point. This is no longer you know, kind of an oddity, that headline can come true. Is it 90 days? Is it a year? Is it longer? Who knows? You know, it's hard to predict exactly where technology transformation is going to go, but we do see there is a path that this could be used to conduct cyber war. So why not have a productive conversation today to prevent that tomorrow? Any final thoughts? What I would say is that This is a very energizing time. Technology is going to do incredible things for us. I'll give you a quick example of how I've used ChatGPT. I had somebody who was going to be interviewing me about like how things have changed from different points in my career. So they wanted to know, you know, what were things like in, you know, kind of 2000 and what were things like when you were at the White House and what were things like then and how does that compare to now? And so I was sitting there thinking, and I thought, you know, it'd be really nice just to have a quick list of like, what were the top three technologies in each of those years? And so normally I would go potentially to an analyst in my company, or if it's late at night when I had this brilliant idea, I'd do it myself. I wouldn't hit somebody up late at night to do it. And I thought, I'll just use chat GBT. 
I have to tell you, not all of its answers were, you know, elegant and correct, but it gave me sort of that rough draft of bullet points that I was like, okay, I kind of like these. I don't really like those. That's not really applicable. I'll throw that away. So it didn't do the thinking for me, but it did reduce my time of doing that like initial research to kind of get your thoughts together. So how could we, in being a force for good, how can we leverage the power of a tool like this? That's really where I want people to focus on is, you know, how can we feed tools like this, a body of knowledge that's a force for good, that's positive, that encourages people, that, you know, has people thinking, oh, gee, I want a career in STEM because I can do great things for all of mankind. So how do we, again, get ahead of this? And have this tool truly working for us instead of my fear right now is if we don't get ahead of it, we could have a tool working against us. Joining me was former White House CIO Teresa Payton. Reporting for WCYB Digital Radio, I'm Hillary McClure.